2, Home Away from Dome, Season 2, Episode 5, Reconciliation. Uh, Just like every week, there's a lot going on, although it's a bit siloed, so hopefully we should be able to uh, get through it in a coherent way. Um, And I don't know if there's too much of a unifying theme, but there's a lot of nonsense, so (laughs) let's dive in. Home. Away. From. Dome. All right, so... Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot happens this week. Um, sort of the, the theme of this episode is, of course, still going with the population control measures that Jim and Rebecca were planning. Um, and sort of the aftermath of uh, your town counselor and science teacher conspiring to unleash uh, coronavirus onto the town. Um, I'm going to get to that storyline later. I'm going to first go through the kids of the dome. So Joe, Nori, and Melanie are all hanging out again this week. Because it's um it's pretty weird. and it, But it's also how we start the episode. <clears throat> and it starts weird. It starts with Melanie having a flashback to when she died. Um, turns out it was a dream. And she wakes up and Joe and Nori are staring at her just a foot away from her bed. And she's like, What are you doing? You're moaning. So we came to watch. She's like, Not as scary as waking up to you two standing over me. None of us sleep very well these days. It's a super weird way to phrase it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They, they were just watching her sleep. It, it was. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, so Melanie's looking to sort of find out who she is, why she is, where are her bones, all of those type of questions. And Joe and Nori are like, well, you know, we touched the dome before and it gave us information. And that's the type of thing that I love um, that honestly shows never do. Like something magical happens once and they're like, okay, well, can't try it again. Um, But it's also funny because as like a TV show watcher, I'm like, well, it's not going to work because they've already done it once. So (laughs) they walk all the way to the dome. She puts her hand on it and nothing happens. And it's very clear that they're basically just saying, well, we did it once, and it's not happening again. The dome is sentient, and it can do what we want, and we don't want Melanie to have any idea of how she came back. Or at least not yet. Anyway, Melanie doesn't take this too well. You know, she wants to find answers, and Nori's getting a bit fed up. She's like... None of us know why we're trapped inside this fishbowl. You need to deal. You don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I know how much I'd give to have my mom alive again. If it'd bring her back, I'd trade you rotting in the bottom of that crater in a heartbeat. Melanie runs off, and Nora's just sort of left there. You know, I've defended you a lot, but sometimes you're a real bitch. Joe runs off to console her, and um, by console her, I mean just start macking on her. I feel so alone, and I'm not normal either. You're normal to me. So they, they just start making out in the woods. Uh, Nori comes over in a minute because, you know, of course she does. She was probably, like, just couldn't keep up with Joe's, like, super speed run. Didn't find your answers touching the dome. Hey, maybe you'll find him by sticking your tongue down his throat. Actually, what I'm wondering is what he sees in you since you treat him and everyone else like crap. This is the weirdest part of this episode is they make out in front of... Joe and Melanie make out in front of Nori, his girlfriend who he loves, as he states later in the episode, um, it, it, it turns into a shoving match. And I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm usually team Nori, but don't shove the girl who died by being shoved. She, she's probably really emotional about getting shoved. 
Um, and it, it being shoved in the woods has killed her before, so don't shove somebody in the woods. Now, Melanie, of course, that doesn't mean that you get to shove Nori, so both of you see me after class. But uh, while they're getting shoved, Nori bleeds because she fell into a tree or something. And Joe's like, I've got an idea. And then for the rest of the episode, they still all hang out like a trio. And it's like, I don't know. If I was Nori, I would be like, no, I don't want to hang out with my boyfriend and the guy he's cheating on me with. Like, I wouldn't be civil. I don't know. It's really just so sad how Nori has no other friends and she has to hang out with Joe who is moving on, but he still loves her, uh, as he states a bit later in the episode. I don't want to skip too much there. Um, anyway, they end up going to the high school, because why not? Um, we've already done the outside. Uh, but at the high school, Joe's basically like, now, look at my blood, and look at Melanie's blood. It might be different. So that was, that was his peacekeeping idea, was that she has different blood, which is just like, I don't know. What, what do you, even if she did have different blood, does that solve anything? This blood thing could be the answer to who I am. Yeah, or end up like everything else. Big fat dead end. Is Joe going to cut her open and it's like dust, like in the Andromeda strain? Like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems sort of goofy. Um, and apparently Joe doesn't even know what, he, know what to look for. So they're like, Rebecca can do it. Um, Rebecca, the criminal in jail. Uh, anyway, by the end of the episode, uh, things are still pretty tense, and Joe takes Nori into the back room of the diner, and he's like, Sorry about earlier. You kissed her, Joe. Yeah, but she's not who I love. You are. That's your go-to? After you've macked on another chick in front of my face? Try it on her. She's dumb enough to fall for it. I don't know why I hung out with you all day. I guess you're my only friend. But, uh, no, we're, we're, we're not a, we're not a couple if you're gonna do shit like this. So yeah, got some real drama with Joe and Nori. I think the I think the big issue this season is Melanie's been there instead of a nice buffer like Skater Boy Ben to, uh, you know, keep things cool. Um, Joe isn't used to being popular. I don't get that vibe, and so I think he was just sort of like, "Ooh, a new girl. I can add a, I, I can add another one to my collection." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I hope Melanie has more to do than just catfight with Nori. Um, and I hope that she gets a different... I hate seeing Melanie interact with Julia. Like, Melanie now remembers who she is. She's not silent all the time, but Julia still, like, sort of treats her like the baby that she and Barbie have adopted. We have to find our mystery girl. She didn't come home last night. We have to. For Melanie's sake. I, I just don't like the character of Melanie when it's like, I had to protect the egg. Julia, help me. I'm so scared. I don't know. <laughs> You've already died once. Like that should make you less scared, honestly. You've got a you you're basically immortal, but whatever. Anyway, that's that's the the B plot line. The C plot line is a lot of fun. Uh so <laughs> Junior and Sam basically team up cuz Junior's raiding Sam's house. Uh, looking for Pauline's journal. Um, you know, you'll probably notice I, I don't think I've said Junior's mom's name in episodes because I forgot what her name was. Uh, but it's Pauline, uh, so I'll try and use that more. It definitely rolls off the tongue better than Junior's uh, mom or Sam's sister. Um, 
Anyway, so we know that uh, Sam is apparently the person who killed Angie. He's got the scar marks and all that stuff. Um, and he's just a suspicious looking guy, but Junior thinks it was Lyle. He told me my mom's journal had predictions in it. Like who was gonna kill Angie? What'd you find out? I didn't get that far. He attacked me and he ran off with it. He didn't want me to see what was in it. So he must've killed Angie, right? And Lyle is a pretty you know, safe bet. He's a weirdo uh, who tried to baptize Rebecca for no reason. So it, it's, it's not, it's not a weird thing to assume that it's Lyle. And Sam's just like, yep, it was Lyle. Gotta be. Um, so they basically team up to try and figure out where Lyle is. Um, I also, this storyline I just loved because it was, it's nice to see Junior interact with uh, just different people. I honestly see this show as like a big character study of Junior. Um, the energy I was getting in their first thing, it was talking, he, Junior was so upset about how Angie was dead and all that stuff. And it, it was very much like, if anybody's going to kill Angie, it was going to be me. Because that's the thing. It's like, now that Angie's gone, Junior is like the perfect person to avenge her because he had this unhealthy fixation on her. And now that she's not here to suffer for that, like he is her biggest ally. Like He is so driven to solve it. And even, even Joe's off doing rando stuff. But, um, so yeah, it, it's very much like weird. I don't know. It, 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 it was like, oh, this is, it's good for Angie that Junior cares so much about her, except she has to be dead first for the benefits to come in. So I don't know. It, it's pretty weird. Anyway, they go over to the barber shop um, for like the third time, I feel like, in a few episodes. They're, it's, I, I, I guess the school and the barber shop are the new cement factories. Um, but they, they go to the barber shop and they start looking for stuff and Sam just pulls some like first grade magician stuff and goes and takes a note out of his pocket, puts it on like the chair and then goes, Oh look, there's drawings of Angie. And so obviously we know that Sam had that drawing cause he had Pauline's drawings or whatever. So apparently Pauline drew a picture of Angie. Um, and then I don't know, just left it in her journal sam had it saw the picture and murdered her i don't know maybe murdering her wasn't part of the plan maybe sam didn't murder her we haven't got a confession or anything yet but junior thinks that lyle had a picture of angie but it was really sam clear as mud cool <laughs> um the interesting thing about that is that it means that pauline had some visions of angie in the future i hope it was just the murder or just the being a part of the four hands thing because if she knew that her son was going to grow up to kidnap her and leave her in a cellar for weeks you'd think maybe she'd try and stop that you know be like take take junior aside and teach him that kidnapping isn't right and you shouldn't do that <laughs> yeah i don't know Junior and Sam are also a bit uh, peeved off at Pauline for just ditching them. But you know what? Fair. I just can't believe Pauline is still alive. What kind of person lets her brother and her son spend a decade mourning while she sends postcards to her insane ex-boyfriend? And not warning us about the people who are really going to die. Like Angie. I'm a bit peeved at Pauline. She, if, if she had just told people like about the dome, I think everybody would have been more prepared. Wouldn't be as many food shortages. Well, I don't know. Nobody would ever believe her. Uh, eventually, they Junior lets it slip that uh, 
Angie was a part of the Four Hands, which apparently Pauline had uh, written about in the Four Hands will hold up the dome, and without them, it will fall. Like if one of the hands wasn't around, the dome would come down? That's why Lyle did it. He killed Angie to bring down the dome. So the idea is that if the Four Hands aren't around, the dome will come down. And so a potential murder motive is kill Angie and the dome comes down. I think that's a fair trade. I would have gone for Junior or Joe to kill, but, you know, whatever. Um, It's also just, once again, the dome deciding that people must play its games. But anyway, Junior uh, tells him that Angie's there. And then, like a complete dunce, he goes, I have to make sure the other hands are okay. The other hands? You know who they are? Yeah, Joe, Nori, and me. So now Sam, potential murderer, knows all of the four hands. Um, and he even tries to murder Junior. So they go all around town trying to find Joe and Nori, but obviously they're at the high school at this point. I don't know, maybe in the woods. They're not around. So Sam basically is just like, man, I need a drink. How about you, Junior? Junior's like, I don't know. You gotta take a minute and calm down. You haven't had a drink since the dome came down. You sure you want to do this? My dead sister's alive. My nephew's on some nutballs hit list. Yeah, I want to do this. He just starts pouring vodka. Junior's just getting smashed, and Sam is just pouring it out uh, in the sink. Because he, he's basically a magician in this episode. His sleight of hand is just fantastic. Uh, and he gets Junior wasted until he falls asleep on the couch. And then he goes to, uh, he goes to smother him to death with his pillow. I don't want to do this to you. You or Angie. If there was any other way to bring the dome down, I'd do it. Then, of course, Junior uh, sort of wakes up a little bit and goes, You're the only family I have left. Love you, Uncle Sam. And then Sam can't kill Junior. And he's like, well, maybe three out of four is enough. So that that's an internal mind thing. Um, eventually, he throws a, I don't know, bottle of vodka at a painting Pauline made. It falls over. Like, anybody watching the scene can assume there's something on the other side of the painting. 1821. That's the number of the locker at school where Angie got killed. It's also in your mother's journal on the last page. Yeah, so they, they decide they're going to go to the school and check it out. When they get to the school, this is actually how the episode ends. Just jump in the main plot. Uh, they open the locker, and somebody has carved a tunnel into the locker so you can crawl inside and just escape out of the school. Or to who knows where. It's big enough for a man. Do you think this is where Lyle disappeared to? It's a tunnel. Yeah, but to where? The way the episode ends, and this is another Lost reference. It's just straight up the hatch shot. It's people looking into a locker as it slowly pulls back, and you see the blackness tunnel that it is, and the locker viewpoint gets smaller and smaller. It's an iconic shot from Lost, and I'm glad they just used it for a school locker room in the middle of the season. Oh, boy. Gotta love Lost references. Gonna try and make more of them. Um, so, that's the Locker School Junior and Sam storyline. So the main plot line. Uh, population control coronavirus aftermath. <laughs> so Barbie and Julia meet up. Um, Barbie, Barbie meets up with her as she walks out of her house. 
I assume he either was standing by the tree all night or he slept in his car. I talked with Lindsay and that's her theory that he sleeps in his car, um, which would make sense why they don't show it because I think those cars are all paid for by advertisers and uh, that's not the image you want to sell. Um, but I don't know. I like to think he just stood by the tree all night, uh, but he like ambushes her as she walks out the door. Um, He's a little bit jealous because Sam slept over all night, apparently. You wouldn't happen to know where Sam is, would you? He just left. We were up all night working. They didn't get up to anything, though. They were working all through the night. Working on what? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, uh, this, is, this, this comes a little bit later, but apparently Julia's been elected the leader of the town. This town put me in charge. So maybe she was doing that all night, like filling out paperwork or something? I don't know. They're really, they, they, they really brushed that under the rug, but whatever. Um, what's funny is Barbie starts talking about um, Melanie, and they just sort of focus on that for like a good few minutes. Um, he's just like, yeah, so uh, Melanie's back from the dead, I mean. This is crazy. This is just par from the course for Chester's Mill. And then, and then eventually, eventually a few minutes into the conversation, they talk about how, you know, Barbie was on board for, like, the town genocide. And Julia's like... About you supporting Jim and Rebecca's extermination plot? How could you think that I would actually... Because I was there. I was listening so I could make sure that I knew exactly what they were up to, so I could stop them. And I feel like this is whitewashing. Like, Barbie was very much, like, down for the idea and, like... <laughs> I don't know. He he wasn't going to be preemptive about it, but it seemed like he was like, well, when the time comes, we're going to have to unleash the virus. <laughs> like, it is true that Big Jim and uh, Rebecca cut the, him out of their plans in, on the case that he w wouldn't go along with it, so he never really got a choice, but I, I definitely got the vibe that Barbie would have went along with this. But anyway, he sort of gaslights Julian and says he was never going to be a part of this. Um... Yeah. The town's uh, sort of divided on the issue. Um, we get two conflicting viewpoints from two randos in town, uh, both cartoonish. Uh, the first is a very Julia-favored guy. He's like, he wants, he wants Big Jim tarred and feathered and then executed in the streets. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, there's another guy who's basically a conspiracy theorist being like, Jim wouldn't have done that, and if he did... There was a good reason. If she's eating here, I ain't. Hey, it's a free town. That's as Big Jim went to jail. Did I hear you right, Greg? You throwing your lot in with the guy who tried to murder everyone with that virus of his? Jim wasn't caught with no virus. It was a setup. All right, so she can take over and put him on trial. Watch out. That's enough. Hey, this trial of yours, it better reach the right verdict. The idea that the town is split 50-50, sure. But, like, I can't believe 50% of people are on either of these viewpoints. But anyway, maybe the Kill Big Jim crowd, but that just seems so far from the sheep of Chester's Mill we've seen so far. There's an offhanded line here where they say that Junior and Barbie spent all night looking for Lyle. Did you find Lyle? Not yet. Junior and I spent all night combing the town for him, but no sign of him. I just enjoyed that because, you know, Junior and Barbie, they don't have a lot of fun times together. And uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's getting to the point now where they're, I don't know, it's, there's not a lot of people in town, and it's, they're, they're very divided, but if they're not the focus of a plot line, they can just sort of work together in the background, I don't know. 
I, I like it. Um, oh, Carolyn's back in this episode um, because they needed a lawyer. So she's going to be Big Jim's lawyer in the trial. This trial has to happen soon. They'll need representation, too. Which is where you come in, I hope. Everyone deserves a fair trial. Well, I guess I'll go uh, escort my new clients to the town hall. They're, they don't actually have a trial, so I don't know. Julia has, has a big talk about being, like, fair and impartial and uh, bringing, like, law and order to town. Where's that piece of crap, Big Jim? Yeah, he and Rebecca Pine will be arraigned yeah, and tried in front of a jury. The process will be fair and impartial. She also, like, weirdly, it seems like, appointed herself the ruler of town. And I don't even know. Like, nothing goes according to plan. Nothing actually follows any regulation or plan, but whatever. Um... So Julia and Barbie are sort of trying to lead the town, and Jim and Rebecca are, of course, in jail, as they are the losers. Um, Jim is annoying Rebecca and just yelling like, Hey! Anybody out there? Okay, enough, Jim. I've got a headache. Oh, you got a headache, huh? Just about starving in here. Come on, it's only been one night. Rebecca sort of has a turn of conscience in this episode. She realizes, oh yeah, my mom got sick, <laughs> and that's how she died. I wouldn't want to make other people sick to honor her legacy. Because her motivation was all about her mom got sick and then she turned to science and then she decided to use that science to make everybody sick. So I think she just sort of sitting alone in that jail cell. She probably had like two minutes to think about what her motivation was and decided, oof, not what I want to do. Uh, Julia holds a town hall um, about food supplies, uh, basically saying like our supplies are running low and it's like... Did people not know this already? Like, why Why is Julia telling them this? I don't know. I feel like it, those the type of rumors would get around pretty quickly. Um, anyway, while they're doing that... Oh, and Barbie's just standing beside her. And it's like, if, if Julia was appointed, like, lead of the town, was is Barbie the vice president? Or is he the first man? Like, why is he up there? Or the new Queen Bee, just go ahead and anoint you King of Chester's Mill. Shut your mouth, Jim. Anyway, uh, they decide this is a good meeting to also bring out Big Jim for uh, just his arraignment to sort of officially sentence him. So they bring out uh, Big Jim and Rebecca. The whole town starts shoving each other. Um, it's, only, it's actually a lot of fun watching. There's the son of a bitch. Why'd you try to kill us all, Jim? You deserve to be on trial, not him. Yeah, yeah, yeah you Wait, can't. Jim, tell us what you think. Folks, calm down and just let her speak. Calm down. Back up. Let her speak. Uh, and then the Julia's biggest fan uh, pulls out a gun and runs at Big Jim. Barbie is able to disarm him. However, he is still running at Big Jim. Uh, Phil, who honestly is the most like physically impressive guy on the show, he's like he looks like he's like six foot six. Anyway, what I'm saying is he can totally take this guy. He just shoots him. Just instantly kills the guy. He's dead. Uh, DJ Phil is getting a bit unhinged in this episode. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so there's a bit of chaos going on. Uh, the town is getting a bit divided. Uh, Phil actually gets fired for those actions and turns to Big Jim as an ally. Maybe that badge is too big for you. You want me to quit? You gonna make me? No, not her. Me. You too. Really are drunk on power, huh? We'll see what Big Jim has to say. 
But all of this is actually just window dressing for the main plot line of this episode and uh, what we'll be comparing with Toronto, uh, food shortages. So that day is finally here. We've finally uh, gotten past the uh, population control plot line and we're now uh, at the thing we were trying to avoid. There are food shortages. So how does Chester's Mill solve this problem? So Julia holds her town meeting and she says we're having a voluntary food donation drive. So if you have extra food, come drop it off and we'll all share it. Uh, the town seems to be totally gung-ho for this, except for one lady who's like... You want me to give up my family's food? That's crazy! Uh, unfortunately, uh, the building that they are storing the food in explodes. Pretty rough, honestly. Uh, Phil claims that Julia's big plan was just a way to take everybody's food away from them. I didn't take anything. Then she sticks it all in one place along with an old beat-up generator. Now, if she had bothered to check, she would have seen that the wires were frayed. Big Jim never would have made that mistake. Just for reference, by the way, it wasn't like a fire caught on. Like, it was an explosion. It blew up the whole room that they were in. Like, smoke blasting out the window. So it, it didn't seem like a generator just caught on fire or anything. Maybe they kept it next to the popcorn or something. Um, yeah, so the plan of put all of the town's food in one place and then it blows up, sort of blows up in their face. Um, however, two things happen. One, it turns out Phil was uh, doing this as a scheme to fool people and that he had actually put the food in an explosion-proof room in the back somehow without anybody noticing. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, secondly, Julia walks over to, um, her neighbor, Andrea, from, like, the first episode, who was suspicious about the petroleum in town, uh, and she's like, I wonder where the food is coming from. There's something I have to show you. There's enough to feed the whole town for a couple of months. Where did you get all this food? From Lloyd, my late husband. Lloyd called himself a survivalist. He always saw something bad around the corner. Thank God. So they solved the food crisis by one, coming together, but more importantly, somebody just had a ton of food. So um, how does this apply to Toronto? Well, ideally, we could have somebody who has enough food to uh, serve everybody in town for months. So let's, let's go with a low ball and say that inside the dome we have a million people. Um, so we need 30 million meals for dinner. Let's say a half meal for lunch. So if somebody in their pantry had, well, and basement, basement pantry, could have 45 million meals, um, that could do a month. So months. so we'd be hoping to find a little old lady who had 130 million meals to feel a bit comfortable here. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. If it's any positive, uh, I don't think anyone's going to try and blow up our food centers. Um, if they do, that's unfortunate. Uh, arson is just another price of living in the dome. But I, I don't know. It's... 
I think the food shortage is going to be bad, but the thing is, the food shortage, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They're not in this dome much longer. Like, we're already halfway through the show. So, if we can just survive off of, like, I don't know, basically a month worth of food. Like, I feel like most people have, like, at least a week in their kitchen. Then if everybody can go grocery shopping, come together a bit, there's restaurants. I don't think food is going to be a huge priority, especially because this is just a month-long dome. Um, it's definitely not as big an issue as last week's coronavirus. Um, people trying to blow up our kitchens, um, might be more of an issue, but I, I don't know why they would do that. I don't really know why Phil did that. I don't really know how, how Phil did that. Um, if, if Sam is like a, a, a first level magician with his sleight of hand, Phil is a master magician moving racks of food into a hidden back room and somehow, um, putting out empty crates in their place and somehow just blowing up the generator from afar i don't really know (laughs) although i will say he does raise a good point that you shouldn't put all of your eggs in one basket like this um i think it was a rookie mistake by julia i think it's exactly the type of thing big jim would have done though which phil argues that big jim never would have done this the only difference is big jim is the guy in town who would blow up the food so he doesn't have to worry about this (laughs) Um, anyway, the mystery ends up being sort of solved when Phil wanders into the burnt building and goes, <laughs> look at all the food. And then get in the secret back room and then Carolyn walks up and she's like, Phil, what are you doing in here? Just making sure the place is secure. Is there food in there? We weren't using this room. Maybe someone moved it. Why would they? Unless they knew the explosion was coming. And then Phil's like, time to die. Carolyn goes for like a chokehold. Uh, Carolyn fights back pretty well, but as I was saying, Phil's uh, pretty intimidating. Plus, he has goons now. I don't know where he got these goons. They look like just friends of Big Jim, I guess. But yeah, him and like three goons have taken taken over the burnt building. Um, I don't know if there's like a scene that explains this I guess Barbie talked to Big Jim and heard that Phil is suspicious. Phil. He was down here grousing about Julia taking his badge and he mentioned something about the food program. So that's how you're going to play this. You're going to throw Phil under the bus. Barbie shows up at the burnt building and it's three goons and Phil has a knife to Carolyn's neck. And Barbie just beats up all of the goons single-handedly. While holding a gun but not firing it. And then Carolyn dodges out of the way and he shoots Phil. You alright? Yeah. You. Yeah. I am now. And yeah, that's that's the end of Phil. I think. Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, but he dies. Um he he gets he gets wrecked. Phil is not dead. According to the simplest Google search ever. He is alive, and he is in recovery in future episodes. Yeah, I don't know. After that, Julia finds uh, Andrea. She gets all the food. Andrea says something along the lines of, like, I'm sorry I didn't come forward. I I was just scared someone would steal it from me. But I trust you. You should use it. And I'm like, why? The only food Julia had blew up one day into having it. It might be safer to keep it at your house, but whatever. Whatever. 
Um, and yeah, so Julia Julia's leading the town now. I don't know how she got elected, but it's happening. Um, and they decide to throw a feast. This is amazing. It's like Thanksgiving in July. It's all Julia. Where'd you get the food? Trade secret. I, I thought that was a bit in poor taste. Like, they found food. They didn't find... They found canned food. They didn't find infinite food or anything like that. But anyway, they, they have a big feast and they're like, ah, it's tomorrow's problem. Um, she addresses the town, which I find out that they call themselves Miller's. So not Chester's Millers or Chester Millions or anything like that. They're Millers. I uh, said this morning that I thought it was time for us Millers to focus on our future. Julia decides she's going to be passive aggressive and she isn't going to try Jim or anything like that because he still has a strong following in town. Instead, she just says, let's bygones be bygones. I know Jim was going to like poison us all basically, but you know what? I'll be the bigger person today. And Jim's like, all right, shake on it. And everybody claps. <laughs> it's great. Um, once again, we've established the status quo. Um, yeah, Nori's mom is, uh, or Carolyn's even uh, chilling with her her kids at the diner. I forgot to comment on this earlier, but Carolyn, after Nori had such a rough episode, it, even in the background shots of like Carolyn hanging out with Nori, Joe, and Melanie, it seems like she's like more interested in what Joe and Melanie are doing. So even care, even Nori's mom is more interested in them than Nori. Yeah, that's that's about that's about it for this episode. Um, I did want to comment on. I forgot to mention it earlier, but there's when when Joe tells Nori that he loves her, he just has the softest no. I don't even know if it's gonna come up on the in the audio too well, but he's like. <laughs> anyway okay that was that that was that season two episode five reconciliation um i liked it i i I always like things when they return to the status quo um it seems like oh i didn't mention it but rebecca seems like maybe she'll start working with the good guys again um and yeah good episode and uh signing off from chester's mill bye Here we go, out of context clips. Everyone thinks I'm some sort of serial killer. It's all your fault. Hey, you told us you died and we got on board. Have some teen spirit. This town just has a funny way of turning on people and I'm not ready to jump back into the fray. What if my dad was right and sometimes there really aren't answers? Well, maybe your dad is right. That doesn't mean we stop trying. And now we're all going to starve. You never would. What am I going to feed my kids? Where am I going to get food tomorrow? One nice meal doesn't prove anything. You're no big gym. If the evidence changes, your thinking has to change. It's called science. What the hell are we doing here? Just wait and see. When you touch the dome for the first time, it's going to give you a little shock. So if you get scared, just let go. Good man, Phil. Best share of this. Town's ever had. Better than Duke. And Linda. You only have yourself to blame. We're lucky only Wendell died today. Hey, on the ground. Get on the ground right now. No, Barbie. That's what you're gonna do. Bye.